2: In the world of fallout we have the events of the games we have the things mentioned directly in the games and then we have things mentioned by chris avalon in the fallout bible now what is the fallout bible well the fallout bible according to the gamepedia wiki is a collection of documents containing background material for the first fallout games they were compiled and written by chris avalon back in 2002 Now, who is Chris Avalone? Chris Avalone, or Christopher Frederick Avalone, born 27th of September, 1972, is a video game designer who worked on Fallout 2, Van Buren, which was the codename for the cancelled Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and the compiler of the Fallout Bible. And he also worked on Fallout Tactics. So, one of the key uh, players, one of the key minds behind some of the big events in the series after the first game was released. And there's a quote here where he says, I think players should have the freedom to create their own destiny because at the end of the day, their story is the one that's the most important despite what you intended. What you should be giving them is a playground for them to role play their opportunities. And, that was him answering a question on what he thinks a proper RPG is. And I think that resonates with a lot of players. I think that's one of the reasons why people have enjoyed the fallout series. I think it's also one of the reasons why people push back when the series takes more of a handholding approach and forces you down a specific storyline. People enjoy being able to explore the world and come out the other end with their own stories, with their own decisions. And there's something about that, that, Chris understood very early on. Now, in documenting the Fallout Bible, let's go back to that a little bit. This is a series of things written, compiled, back in 2002, and according to the wiki, the purpose is that the idea initially elaborated by community veteran Dan Wood was to create a document that would serve as a total guide for Fallout, the history of the setting, the elements that compose it, the things that define it, and the rules that guide it. It would also serve to tie off loose ends left by the games and to generally do some clearing up of things. It was certainly a good idea, especially as the prospect of someone who wasn't the company that was making the Fallout games grew ever more real. However, it didn't really work out that way. Result. Instead of being a definitive, unambiguous guide for Fallout, Avalon's Fallout Bible became a sort of long question-and-answer session with fans, emailing reams of queries to him and getting answers. Avalon would... Also, usually toss in interesting bits of information about the games and original design documents, including the official Fallout timeline. Avalon made some mistakes here and there, many of which were corrected in later issues of the Bible thanks to fan feedback. The whole project was cut short when Avalon had to leave Black Isle. So there's kind of just a very quick end the last Of the installments was released in November seventh on November seventh of two thousand and two. Everything started with releases back in January and continued through most of the year. So there are some things in the Fallout Bible that are contested. But for the most part, this is a direct source to the development company behind the games at that time of what the world was like, what was going on and what things that we, the fans, should know and clarifications on some of our questions. So this is this rarely happens with developers that you get absolutely direct feedback about your questions and things can be cleared up directly rather than having to be pieced together through some of the other games. So it's worth a read if you want to go check it out you can search fallout bible i'm sure you can pull it up on multiple wikis the one i'm looking at is uh, fallout.gamepedia.com you can go check it out there um and i'm not in this episode this actually came up because the next vault that we get to was vault 27 and i'm going to go into that in a minute and there's No record of Vault 27 in any of the games. It's only mentioned in the Fallout Bible. So I thought to myself, you know what? I need to do a little bit of cleanup on my end and let you guys know what that is and why that's important. And we're going to dig into some of the topics that come up in the Fallout Bible as other topics come up. And it has been mentioned in the past in some episodes. It would be too much to just go through the Fallout Bible, read the questions, answer the questions. Some of them are not... Necessarily things that we are particularly worried about or a little bit off-topic or whatever But it is better to call back to the fallout Bible when there is something that can be clarified So I'm gonna leave it there But I wanted to give you that background at least at the beginning of this episode to get you kind of up to speed with What's going on there now? Why is this so important for vault 27? Well, like I said vault 27? Doesn't exist anywhere other than the fallout Bible. So is it canon well, if you consider canon to be the things that have made it into the games specifically then no Is it from the horse's mouth? Sorry to call you a horse Chris but if it's from the source directly that this is something that eventually could be referenced or developed input in a game then sure Yes, this still exists in a document that when they develop these games, they are reading and are aware of so think of it from that perspective All right, so you guys ready for vault 27? Here we go. Vault 27 is one of the vaults constructed by the Vault Tech Corporation. Of course, right? Background. As part of the vault experiment, the vault was deliberately overcrowded. 2,000 people were assigned to enter, double the total sustainable amount. According to the Fallout Bible, zero, (laughs) issue zero, it says Fallout 27 This vault would be overcrowded deliberately. 2,000 people would be assigned to enter, double the total sustainable amount. The vault location is unknown. And that's it. That's all we know. There's nothing else about Vault 27. We know that Vault 27 exists. We know that it was built to sustain 1,000 people and 2,000 people were were put in there so we don't even know where it is it could be most of these early number vaults the the lower numbers are more west and the higher numbers are more east but it could be anywhere we don't know this could be anywhere at all i guess it doesn't matter doing an experiment with only two thousand people and only a thousand people's worth of supplies and things so what would result from that uh i have a feeling you would have some extreme social meltdown as people are vying for the things that they need Um, or extreme social stratification you would end up with the people in power who have and everyone else who scrounges for every little bit they can get Um, usually that's the way human beings handle limited resources the other thing that tends to happen and this is one of those things that um, if you study history and you study the population growth of people over time often The largest spikes in population growth are due to advancements in um, acquiring food, basically. So the human population before about nine to six thousand B.C. was very limited. Only probably tens of thousands of people in fact the the whole population is this is a really crazy topic but the whole population of humans on the planet um, went through what was considered a bottleneck at some point because of some sort of issue I don't know if they've dug into what exactly the issue was, but something happened and a lot of the humans died off and it went down to a very, very small population. But ever since that point, that population, chances are, were more intelligent. They were the ones that were smart enough to survive and they were the ones that developed food and agriculture in a way that they didn't have to constantly be on the move. So... It was because of this smarter, more dynamic population of a smaller group of people that we were able to create food more readily and more easily achieved, which led to a population boom, which led to the formation of cities and people settling down. And so population boom. The next major population boom happens, and this is all from memory. I'm not actually looking at a a wiki or pulling anything from this. So if I get any of this stuff wrong, please let me know. But the next population boom, I believe, came as developments and the technology of being able to plant and um, maintain crops increased especially in the Middle Ages when we went through maybe it might have been the Renaissance I don't remember exactly what time it was and then the third major boom was in the last 150 years with industrialization and the ability to actually cultivate and genetically improve crops and mechanize the whole thing so those are the three major human population booms in a vault where you have a thousand people or a thousand people's worth of resources and two thousand people, chances are the population will self correct. What does that mean? Self correcting means that half the people will die. And usually that's through some sort of social outburst, that's through to human beings just not getting what they need, being very unhappy, and then lashing out against. The weaker ones, um, this is what would be considered an evolutionary bottleneck. The smartest and the strongest in those kinds of situations are often the ones that survive. So this is an interesting idea too, because if if the vaults were developed to replicate, spacecraft, as we discussed in a previous episode, one of the theories is that the vaults were actually designed around this idea of spacecraft and what could possibly happen while we were traversing the stars to get to a new home in the in the planets out, out beyond our solar system or whatever. And in that long journey, what could possibly happen? Well, what would happen if all of a sudden we had limited resources and we had too many people? Let's, let's do an experiment. Let's see what happens. Well, chances are that That could very well happen. And in situations where that does happen, from what I understand, that creates an evolutionary bottleneck. The people who don't survive don't pass on their genes. And the people who do are the ones who are smart or strong or lucky enough to make the cut and move on. It's also a bottleneck because, let's say a thousand people die and a thousand people make it the thousand people who make it will never at that point have the chance to mix their genes with other humans from outside that sample set that it's not like they're going to turn the spaceship backwards and go home um, that's not going to happen so the very so by its nature as soon as it leaves the planet it's a population bottleneck but then it's an evo- it's a forced evolutionary bottleneck in that half the population will be killed off because they will not be able to do what they need to do in order to survive. So it's, it's actually like a culling of the population. This is super dark. This is really, really dark stuff, but this is the way some of this stuff actually works. And so that population, when they would get to where, uh, whatever planet they were going to, most likely would be hardier, would be more capable more individually able to survive would have the better genes to pass on so in the sense of is this good for people in the moment it's absolutely terrible it's a horrible horrible situation where humans are pit against humans for a lack of resources that's something that we are trying to to, any good human on the planet is trying to solve it's one of the reasons why We're careful about recycling and we, uh, you know, take care of our resources, or or at least we try to. And we pass laws. We vote for people who are going to pass laws to help take care of resources because those of us who can't can't affect that. It's something that we have to do as as the people who can affect it for the betterment of everybody. The flip side of all of this is in a modern situation where we can help. Than those in need when we can help the weakest to survive that those genes do get passed on and anything genetically tied to their ability to survive or their uh, inability to compete I guess I I could put it that way gets passed on as well it's one of the reasons why we see things like uh, medical issues expanded on. Yes, we have vaccines and we have ways of handling certain types of medical issues. And so those go down. But genetically replicated medical issues, most people are now living past the age where they can reproduce. And because of that, they're passing on anything that they have in their genes to the next generation, which means those details get passed on. So uh, this, and this is super dark stuff, but this is one of the reasons why the Nazis were trying to ill-advisedly, you know, they, were, they thought other races of people were weaker, which isn't necessarily the case. It's more that some genetic things can get passed on, which make people less capable to survive on their own. But the idea was if they were to get rid of all the weaker people, then only the stronger people would survive. And in the long run, that would be better for humanity. It wouldn't have worked because it's not that the Aryans, which isn't even a race, uh, was stronger than everyone else. That's that's totally bonkers thinking. That's f- totally false. But had they rounded up everybody who is genetically prone to get cancer at an early age, you know, the early age being like just past procreation age, but not too much into adulthood. Yeah, that I mean, technically if you can't pass on something that's genetically going to make it difficult for other people to leave, then that thing doesn't get passed on. Then those people don't ever get that disease. Now, the better solution is to come up with a medical result and a medical way of allowing those people to live good, normal, happy lives and making the medical solution, something that's available for everybody. Uh, Culling the population is never something that is, in my opinion, advised, but you can see the logic behind it. And that's that's where a lot of this stuff in these games plays out, is that it's not that the intentions are evil. It's that the intentions are experimentational. And sometimes they come up with a solution that isn't necessarily the best or the moral solution it's a solution because there's still logic behind it. There's a, still a rationale there that in some ways does actually work. That's, this is the gray of these series. I mentioned um, in the elder scrolls online uh, elder scrolls, Lorecast episode I did just this last week um, with Arimatheus. I have a guest on and Arimatheus talks about the gray, maybe of the elder scrolls universe and the way that that that's a whole nother topic, but, I related that gray maybe into this idea of being able to take different ideas and bounce them in space and look at them from a very rational perspective in order to see which one actually has the most merit. Um, but then you, you still have to apply morals. You still have to apply human. The humans are involved in all of these things. So just because one thing might be more effective doesn't mean it's the better solution. It just means that it's more effective at doing the thing and being cold about the way it's handled. The more better, the more better. There we go. That's a very scientific term. The better solution is sometimes the thing that's more difficult to pull off, takes more time and more effort and more buy in from multiple people, but ultimately leads to the morally better Situation, So I don't know if I've rambled on too long about this stuff I hope you guys are following me here because this is this is a very interesting topic to me Um, but that's That's where I'm going with this So that's all we know about vault 27 and that's where I'm gonna leave it there And if you have any other thoughts about what could happen in vault 27 in a situation like that Or have you have you lived in a place where resources were sparse where there wasn't enough for anyone and I'm sure some of us have It's not as common in the Western world, but it happens. There are definitely times where we are vying for resources in some way or another, especially when it comes to things like food. Um, It can happen. So let me know. Write me in. Uh, You guys know where to write me in. You guys know where to reach me. And um, just think about that. I'd love to hear your thoughts. chat good to see another of general atomic's finest still eager to serve
1: if you have any questions about nuka world i'd be delighted to answer them why don't we ask the newcomer you support the news
2: hey vault dwellers this is your host tom or robots thank you again for joining me i hope you found this episode to be insightful in a few different ways and i hope that you I please, please, please don't get like halfway through it. I know it, I'm saying this at the end, but don't get the halfway through it and then think that I'm on the side of anti-morality and Nazis. That, that is not my point. I, please don't send me letters about that. Um, that would be super, super offensive. I'm pro. I'm very much pro good moral choices. Pro saving everybody pro-helping everyone survive, pro-medicine, pro-able to get that medicine and it be affordable. All of those things. That is absolutely what what I'm about and not about the other things. I just, I want to ask the hard questions and put you in a different mindset in order for you guys to see things from a different perspective, to understand a little bit more about why that perspective feels like it can work. So I hope you get that. Anybody who writes me angry messages, I apologize. I will respond to you with you didn't listen to the rest of the episode. <laughs> Please listen to the rest of the episode. Um, so there we go. That's that's this episode for you. It's a little bit shorter than normal, but I thought it was important, kind of an important topic and something worth diving into, especially with the Fallout uh, Bible and, and explaining a little bit more about about that. I hope you guys also listen to the interview with my daughter and Um, enjoyed that. I know the audio quality wasn't great, but I thought it was a fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, And I I definitely want to throw this out there. I am starting another podcast. In fact, I'm going to start two podcasts. <laughs> two new podcasts. I know this is crazy. Are you crazy, Robots? Yes, I'm crazy. And the two podcasts are, the first one is going to be Robots Thoughts, where I will go on and on uh, in more of these side tangents, kind of like this episode, and while I'm riding in a car with a better microphone, which is about to arrive at my house. Um, so the the quality would be better. I'm not going to stick those episodes into this feed. I feel like that would be um, distracting from what this topic the feed of this topic is about. But if you were interested in my thoughts, maybe even more thoughts on Fallout stuff or whatever happens to cross my mind that day, look for Roberts Roberts. I'm my name's not Robert. It's Tom. Look for Robot's thoughts. It's going to be up on everything probably within the next week. It's current. I just got to notice that it's up on Spotify. The first little introductory episode is up. So go subscribe to that on your podcast reader so that you can get those episodes. Um, they might be short, they might be long. I don't even know exactly what I'm going to do with them yet, but I would love for you guys to give it a listen and give me some feedback. So check that out there. That's what I've got going on in the podcast world. Um, the Fallout world, I've I dove back in last week a little bit and I am I'm like a newborn baby starting all over again. It's it's crazy. It's crazy out there, guys. There's all this new stuff. So I'm going to have to spend some more time really digging into that stuff before I have any thoughts or you know, any real update for you guys, like I mentioned before, if you are interested in updates on the actual game content, go listen to out of the vault show. Duke uh, should be joining me again soon for another episode. We need to set some time up to do it, but um, that show goes over a lot of the the details. And then also, if you would rather consume that information on a visual stream during the day, uh, Duke at Out of the, out of the vault show on Twitch and uh, Toonbox at Tooniversal on Twitch Both have kind of this co-stream They do on Tuesdays during patch days And they Go over all the different patch notes and they answer Questions live and they do all of this stuff So I would recommend going in there They get they got a big crowd of people now That hang out with them and answer all the questions And I jump in and say some funny things too During, during those shows So go check that out and now we get to move on to duh, 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 Patreon and reviews. I should have a little do 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 sound effect in there. So uh, this week, no new patrons, but I do very much appreciate all of our patrons. Thank you so much if you are looking to help help me fund this show. And you know what? I'm, I'm gonna come up with a plan. I need to, I need to set up like a goal where I will get like a fallout tattoo. It's totally needs to be a thing. And I also need some ideas for fallout tattoos. Maybe. All right. So here's another thing. There is a t-shirt now that says uh who dropped the bombs, aliens, with a Mr. Handy with the hair from the aliens guy up on the store. Go check that out. It is brilliant. If you go to robotsradio.net and click on the store. In the menu, click. there's a little menu thing. It'll take you directly to the Teespring page with all the different t-shirts. And you can take a look at it. Who dropped the bombs? Aliens with the little Mr. Handy with hair. It looks really great. Um, the art was done by Gorguli 3 arts who was super awesome. They reached out. And when I put a thing out there and I said, hey, I, I need to, an artist to be able to do this because I don't want to take someone else's copyrighted. Drawings or whatever and they were able to knock that out really quick and it looks so good Um, i'm gonna have to get my own Version of these we've already sold a few of them on the store But I might as well go ahead and put an order in for myself because I I need it. I need it um Go check that out. It looks so good. Thank you, Gorguli3Arts. And go check out Gorguli3Arts' other stuff. There's a Twitter account and um, places that you can go look for them. And it's spelled a little funny. It's G-0-R-G-H-0-U-L-I-3 underscore arts. And you'll see it on the um, on the store page where it actually says it. Art by Gorguli3Arts. And so now I've said it like five times. So it will be burned in your brains. Yay. All right. So that. Part is done. Pretty soon we will have some group events set up by Chimichanga Kinsey, who's still working on doing that for us. Uh, this last week was kind of a holiday weekend, so it um, became kind of a like, you know, everyone was busy kind of thing. But look out for stuff on that about, about the group events on Twitter and on the Discord. And we have some more Reviews actually we only have one new review this week. That's wow, wow. This is such a wow guys Only one new review this week Um, Yeah, only one new review look at that Hmm. Well, you know what that means usually when we have these like episodes with only like uh One or two reviews the next week we get like a ton of them. So, you know randomness is kind of imbalanced Oh, and we're officially at 99 ratings Holy moly so if you get on iTunes and you hit even just click the little little five star button, you're going to jump us up to 100 ratings. That would be awesome. Who, who wants to be 100? Who, who's the first one who can get there and be 100th rating? That would be awesome. And especially if you uh leave a <laughs> leave a review that says. Got here first or something like that. Then I can read it on the show. That would be funny. So uh, like I mentioned, all, all the other shows, if you want to leave a review, if you leave a five-star review and leave some words, then I will be reading it out on the show. And this one is from GI Gamer in the United States who writes, great content. I started listening to this podcast at work for something to listen to while at work. I have enjoyed all of the episodes up to this point. Robots is the ox horn of podcasts. Well, thank you very much, uh, GI Gamer. Oxhorn does, uh, to be honest, Oxhorn does an amazing amount of actual work and research and playing through the games and digging into things himself. And so, first of all, props to Oxhorn because dude's got way more time to dig into this stuff than I do. I I do some research and I look up some videos and I, I do that kind of thing, but, and I pull a lot from memory. But man, if you really want a deep dive, go check out Oxhorn's videos on YouTube. Um, thank you for the comparison, though that is very flattering. Also, there has been some fallout. <laughs> There's been some fallout around Oxhorn and some very early content he put up, like almost 20 years ago on the internet, and um, he did issue an a uh, an explanation and kind of an apology. And so if you have heard any rumors about some bad things about Oxhorn, go, go at least listen to his explanation. It is very humble and it makes a lot of sense. And he apologizes and just explains that there was a point in time where he was a very different person and that he has grown and that. And I think that's fair. I mean, that's that's all we can ask everyone needs a chance to grow and become a better person. So, uh, thank you. Thank you, Oxhorn for actually putting a reaction video out there that I think does it right. Um, you can have your own opinions, but I think, I think you did the right thing and I think you stated it very carefully and clearly and in a way that, um, I think anybody who's reasonable will understand that that's, that, that version of you is different and now you're someone else and you no longer believe those things. So that's, that's great. Thank you so much for putting that out there. Anyway, this man, this got a little touching right here at the end. Um, if you are wanting to get a hold of me, you guys know how Fallout Lorecast on Twitter at Fallout Lorecast or Fallout Lorecast at gmail.com. And I will have some more exciting things coming up. I'm going to get together with Duke again and we're going to do another show. And I've actually got a fourth show in the works. What? Fourth show? And it's, it's kind of for real and kind of a joke so keep your eye out for notes about that it's called i'll just go ahead and tell you it's called sleepy time stories with robots and yes it's me helping people get to sleep by reading stories from video games all right until next time uh try not to get stuck in a place where there's too many people i guess see you guys later Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com, or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter, at Fallout Lorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening and I'd love to hear from you soon.